0: Chapter three The Lawrence Boy Joe Joe, where are you? cried Meg, at the foot of the garret stairs. Here answered a husky voice from above, and running up, Meg found her sister eating apples and carrying over the hair of Red Chifle. Wrapped up in a comforter on a three legged sofa by the sun window, this was Joe's refuge, and here she loved to retire with half a dozen residents and a nice book to enjoy the quiet and the society of a pet rat who lived nearby and didn't mind her a particular. As Meg appeared, Scrabble whisked into, this, into his hole. Joe shook the tears off her cheeks and waited to hear the news. Such fun only see a regular note of invitation from Mrs. Gardner for tomorrow night, cried Meg, waving the precious paper and then proceeding to read it with girlish delight. Mrs. Gardner would be happy to see Miss March and Miss Josephine at a little dance on New Year's Eve. Marmee is willing we should go, and is willing we should go. Now, what shall we wear? What's the issue of asking when you know we shall wear our poplins, because we haven't got anything else? Answered Jo, with her mouthful. If I only had a silk! cried Meg. Mother say. I may when I'm 18, perhaps two, but two years is everlasting time to wait. I'm sure our pops look like silk, and they're even nice enough for us. Yours is as good as new, but I forgot to burn the tear in mine. Shall Whatever shall I do? The burn shows badly, and I can't take out any. You must sit still. All you can do is sit back out of sight. The front is all right. I shall have a new ribbon for my hair. And Marmee will lend me her little pearl pin, and my new slippers are lovely. And my gloves will do, though they aren't as nice as I'd like. Mine are spoiled with lemonade, and I can't get any new ones, so I shall have to go without, said Jo, who never troubled herself much about dress. You must have gloves, or I won't go, cried Meg decidedly. Gloves are most important than anything else. You can't dance without them, and if you don't, I should be so mortified. Then I'll stay still. I don't care much for company dancing. It's no fun to go sailing around. I like to fly about and cut capers. You can't ask Mother for new ones. They are so expensive, and you are so careless. She said when you spoiled the other ones that she shouldn't get you any more this winter. Can't you make them do? I can hold them crumpled up in my hands so no one will know how stained they are. That's all I can do. No, I can tell you we have to manage each wear one good one and carry a bad one, don't you see? Your hands are bigger than mine and you will stretch my glove dreadfully, began Meg, whose gloves were a tender point with hers. Then I'll go without. I don't care what people say, cried Jo, taking up her book. You may have it. You may. Only don't stain it and do behave nicely. Don't put your hands behind you or stare or say Christopher Columbus, will you? Don't worry about me. I'll be as prim as I can and not get any scrapes if I can help it. Now go and answer your note and let me finish this splendid story. So Meg went away to accept, to accept with thanks, look over her dress and sing brithly as she did her one real lace frill, while Jo finished her story, her four apples, and a game of romps with Scrabble. On New Year's Eve, the parlor was deserted, for the two younger girls played dressing maids, while the two elder girls were absorbed in all the important business of getting ready for the party. Simple as the toilets were, there were a great deal of running up and down and singing and talking, and at the same time, a strong smell of burned hair paved the house. May wanted a few curls about her face and Joe undertook to pinch the prepared locks with a pair of hot tongs "ought they to smoke like that" asked Beth from her perch on the bed "it's the dampness drying" replied Joe "what a queer smell it's like burned feathers" observed Amy smoothing over her own pretty curls with a superior air "there now i'll take off the papers and you'll see a cloud of little ringlets" said Joe putting down the tongs she did take off the paper and no cloud of ringlets appeared, for the hair came out with the papers and the horrified hairdresser laid a row of little scorched bundles in the burrow before the victim. "'Oh, oh, oh, what have you done? I'm spoiled. I can't go. My hair, oh, my hair,' wild Meg, looking with despair at the uneven frizzle on her forehead. "'Just my luck. You shouldn't have asked me to do it. I always spoil everything. I'm so sorry, but the tongs were too hot and I've made such a mess.' Grown poor Joe regarding the little black pancakes with tears of regret. It isn't spoiled. Just frizzle it and tie your ribbon so the ends will come out in your forehead a, a bit, and it will look like the last fashion. I've seen many girls do it," said Amy, tousling. Serves me right for trying to be fine. I wish I'd let I had let my hair alone," cried Meg patently. So do I. It was smooth and pretty, but it will soon grow out again said Meg, coming to kiss and comfort the sworn beef. After various lesser, lessers, perhaps, Meg was finished at last. By the united ex- exertions of the entire family, Joe's hair was got up and her dress on. They looked very well in their simple suits, Meg in a silvery drab with blue velvet sh- snood, lace frills and the pearl pin. Joe in a maroon with a sniffed gentlemanly l- linen collar with a white chrysanthemum or two for her only ornament each put on one nice light glove and carried one spoiled one and in all pronounced the effect quite easy and fine meg's high-heeled slippers were very tight and hurt her though she would not own it and joe's 19 hair pins all seemed straight into her head which not was not exactly comfortable but dear me let us be elegant or die have a good time, dearies, Mrs. Marsh said as the girls were daintily down the walk. Don't eat much supper and come away at eleven when I said, "When I send Hannah for you. As the gate clashed behind them, a voice cried from the window. Girls, girls, have you both got a nice pocket handkerchief? Yes, yes, brandy nice, said Meg, has cologne on hers, cried Jo, adding with a laugh as she went on. I do believe Marmee would ask if we were all running away from th- from an earthquake it is one of the aristocrats tastes and quite proper for a real lady to always known by in a neat boots gloves and a handkerchief replied meg who had a good many little aristocratic taste of her own now don't keep the bad breath out of sight joe is my sash right and does my hair look very bad and meg as she turned from the glass in mrs gardner's dressing room looked after a prolonged prank. I know I shall forget. If you see me doing anything wrong, just remind me with a wink, will you? Returned Joe, giving a collar a twitch and a head, and a head a, a hasty brush. No, winking isn't ladylike. I shall lift my eyebrow if anything is wrong, and not and not if you're all right. Now hold your shoulders straight and take short steps, and don't shake hands if you are introduced to anyone. It isn't the thing how do you learn all the proper ways i never can isn't that music gay how down they went feeling a trifle timid for they seldom went to parties and informal as the little gathering was it was an event to them mrs Gardner, a stately old lady greeted them kindly and handed them over to the eldest of her six daughters meg knew sally and was at ease about about soon but Jo, who didn't care much for girls or girlish gossip, stood about with her back carefully against the wall and felt as much out of place as in a colt in a flower. Half a dozen jovial lads were talking about skates in other parts of the room. As she longed to go and join them, for skating was one of her favorite joys in life. She telegraphed her wish to beg, but the eyebrows went up so alarmingly that she dared not stir. No one came to talk to her, and by no one the group dwindled away till she was left alone. She could not roam about and amuse herself by the burdened Breedh would show. So she stared at people randomly for lonely till the dancing began. Meg was asked at once, and the tight slippers tripped about so briskly that none would have guessed the pain and their wearer suffered smiling. Joe saw a big red-headed youth approaching her corner, and fearing he meant to engage her, she slipped into a curtidious recess intended to peep and enjoy herself in peace. Unfortunately, another bashful person had chosen the same refuge, for as cer- as certain fell behind her, and she found herself face to face with the Lawrence boy. Dear me, I didn't know anyone was here, stammered Joe preparing to back out as speedily as she had bounced him. But the boy laughed and said pleasantly, though he looked a little startled, "'Don't mind me. Stay if you like.' "'Shunt, I disturb you. Not a bit. "'I only came here because I didn't know m- as many people, "'and I felt rather strange at first, you know. "'So did I. Don't go away, please, unless you'd rather.' The boy sat down again and looked at his pumps till Joe stood trying to be polite and easy, i think i've had the pleasure of seeing you before you live near us don't you next door he said and looked looked up and laughed outright for joe's prim manner was rather funny and he remembered how they had chatted about cricket when he brought the cat home that put joe at ease and she laughed too as she said in her heartiest way we did have such a good time over your christmas present grandpa sent it but you put it in his head didn't you now was your cat miss march asked the boy trying to look sober while his, son, while his black eyes shone with fun nicely thank you mr lawrence but i am not miss march i'm only joe returned the young lady i'm not mr lawrence i'm only laurie laurie lawrence what an odd name my first name is theodore but i don't like it for the fellows called me dora so i made them say laurie instead i hate my name too it's so sentimental I wish everyone would say Joe instead of Josephine. How did you make the boys stop calling you Dora? I trashed them. I can't trash Aunt March so I can't trash Aunt March. So I suppose I'll have to bear it, said Joe, and re- resigned herself with a sigh. "Don't you like to dance, Miss Joe?" asked Laurie, looking as if he as if he thought the name suited her. I like it well enough here is there plenty of room everyone is lively in in this place like this. I'm sure to upset something a thread on, some, on people's shoes or do something dreadful. So I keep out of mischief and let Meg sail about don't you dance sometimes. You see I've never been ab- abroad a good many years and I haven't been into company enough to let enough company to let you know how to do things here. "'Abroad,' cried Joe. "'Oh, tell me about it. "'I'd love dearly to hear people describe their travels.' Laurie didn't seem to know where to begin, "'but Joe's eager questions soon set him going, "'and he told her how he had been in school in Vive, "'where the boys never wore hats "'and a fleet of boats on the lake for holiday fun "'and for walking trips about Switzerland with their teachers. "'Don't I wish I'd be- I'd been there,' cried Joe. "'Did you go to Paris?' "'We went last winter there.' Can you speak, can you talk French? We're not allowed to speak anything else at V-Ray. Do say, do say some. I can read it, but can't pronounce. And then he says something in French, but I don't speak French, and I don't want to butcher it. So, said Lori. So, said Laurie, good-natured. How nicely you do it. Let me, let me see, you said... Who is the young lady in the pretty slippers, didn't you? Oui, mademoiselle. It's my sister, Margaret, How and you knew it was. Did you think she is pretty? Yes, she makes me think of a German girl's. She looks so fresh and quiet and dances like a lady. Jo quite glowed with pleasure at this boy's praise of her sister and stored it up to repeat to Meg. Both peeped and criticized and chatted till so they felt like an old acquaintance's. Lori's bashfulness soon wore off, for Joe's gentlemanly demeanor amused and set him at ease, and Joe was off her merry self again because her dress was forgotten, and nobody lifted her eyebrows at her. She liked the Lawrence boy better than ever, and took several good looks at him, so they might describe him to the girls, for they had no brothers, very few male cousins, and boys were almost unknown creatures to them. Curly black hair, brown skin, big black eyes, handsome nose, fine teeth, small hands, and feet. Taller than I am, very polite for a boy, and altogether jolly. Wonder how old he is. It was the tip of Joe's tongue to ask, but she checked herself in time, and with unusual act tried to find out in a roundabout way. I suppose you were going to college soon. I see you pegging away at your books. No, I mean studying hard. And Joe blushed with with the dreadful pegging which had escaped her laurie smiled but didn't seem shocked and answered with a shrug not for a year or two i won't go before seventeen anyway aren't you but fifteen asked joe looking at the tall lad whom she had unimagined seventeen already sixteen next month how i wish i was going to college you don't look as if you like it i hate it nothing but grinding or And I don't like the way fellows do either in this country. What do you like? To live in Italy and enjoy myself in my own way. Joe wanted very much to ask what his own way was, but his black brows looked rather threatening as he knit them. So she changed the subject by saying, as her foot kept, kept time, that's a splendid polka. Why don't you go and try it? If... You will come too, he answered with a gallant little bow. I can't, for I told Meg I wouldn't, because there Joe stopped and looked undecided whether to tell or to laugh. Because what? As- asked Laurie curiously. You won't tell? Never. Well, I have a bad trick of standing before the fire, and so I burn my frocks and I scorched this one, and though it's nicely mended, it shows, and Meg told me to keep still so no one would see it. You may laugh if you want to. It is funny, I know. But Laurie didn't laugh. He only looked down a minute, and then expression of face puzzled Joe when he, when he said very gently, Never mind that. I'll tell you how we can manage. There's a long hallway out there, and we can dance grandly, and no one will see us. Please come. Joe thanked him gladly and went wishing she had two knee gloves when she saw the nice pearl-colored ones her partner wore. The hall was empty, and there was a grand polka, for Lori danced well and taught her the German step, which delighted Joe being full of swing and spring. When the music stopped, they sat down on the stairs to get their breath, and Lori was in the midst of an account of students' festival at Harrisburg when Meg appeared in search of her sister. She beckoned, and Joe reluctantly followed her into her side room, where she had found her on a sofa, holding her foot and looking pale i've sprained my ankle that stupid high heel turned and gave me a sad wrench it aches so it aches so i can hardly stand and i don't know how i'm ever going to get home she said rocking to and fro in pain i knew you'd hurt your feet with those silly silly shoes i'm sorry but i don't see what you can do except get a carriage or stay here all night answered joe softly rubbing her poor ankle as she spoke i can't have a carriage without it costing ever so much i dare say i can't get one at all for most people come in their own and it is a long way to the stable and no one to send i'll go no indeed it's past nine and dark as egypt i can't stop here for the house is full sally has some girls staying with her i'll rest till hannah comes and then do the best i can i'll ask laurie he will go and Joe, looking relieved at the idea, occurred to her. Mercy, no. Don't ask or tell anyone. Get my rubbers and put these slippers with our things. I can't dance anymore, but as soon as supper is over, watch for Hannah and tell me the minute she comes. They're going out to supper now. I'll stay with you. I'd rather. No, dear. Run along and bring me some coffee. I'm so tired I can't stir. So Meg reclined with rubbers well hidden, and Joe went blunderly away to the dining room, which she found after going to the china closet and opening the door of a room where old Mr Gardner was taking a little private refreshment. Making a dart at the table she she scurried to the co- she scurred the coffee, which she immediately spilled, thereby making the front of her dress as bad as the back. Oh dear, what a blunder a blunderous boss I am. Exclaimed Joe, finishing Meg's glove by scr- by scrubbing her own gown with it. "Can I help you?" said a friendly voice, and there was Laurie with a full cup in one hand, and a plate of ice in the other. "I was trying to get something for Meg, who is very tired," and someone shook me, and here I am with a nice in a nice state,' answered Joe, glancing dismayedly from her stained skirt and the coffee-colored, covered colored glove. "Too bad. I was looking for someone to give this to." May I take it to your sister? Oh, thank you. I'll show you where she is. Where she is. Don't offer to take myself, for I should only get another scrape if I had. Joe led the way as if used to waiting on ladies. Laurie drew up a little table beyond a second installment of coffee and ice for Joe, and was so obligating that even particular, Meg pronounced him a nice boy. They had a merry time over the bonbons and mottos, and they were in a mist of quiet game of buzz, with one, or two, with one, two or three other young people who had stayed in when Hannah appeared. Meg forgot about her foot and rose so quickly that she was forced to catch hold of Joe with an exclamation of pain. Hush. Don't say anything, she whispered, adding aloud, It's nothing, I, I turned my foot a little, that's all, and limped upstairs and put her things on, Hannah scolded, Meg cried, and Joe was at her wit's end. So she decided to take things out of her own hands. Slipping out, she ran down and, f- and finding a servant, asked if he could get her a carriage. It happened to be a hired waiter who knew nothing about the neighbourhood, and Joe was looking round for help with when Laurie, who had heard what she said, came up and offered his grandfather's carriage, which had just come for him. He said. "'It's so early. You can't mean to to go yet,' began Joe, looking looking relieved, but hesitantly to accept the offer. "'I always go early. I truly do. Please let me take you home. It's all on my way, you know, and it it rains,' they say. "'They settled it, and telling him of Meg's mishap, Joe gratefully accepted the rush up to bring out the rest of the party.' Hannah hated rain as much as a cat does, so she made no trouble and then rolled away in the luxurious close carriage, feeling very festive and elegant. Lori went on the box so Meg could keep her foot up, and the girls talked over the party in freedom. I had a capital time, did you? asked Jo, rumpling up her hair and making herself comfortable. Yes, till I hurt myself, Sally's friend. Any... Annie- moffat took a fancy to me and asked me to come and spend a week with her when when sally does she is going to the spring when the opera comes and it will be perfectly splendid if mother only lets me go answered meg cheerfully up at the thought i saw you dancing with a red-headed man i ran away from was he nice oh very his hair is almost auburn not red but he is very polite and i had a jealous renoa with him he looked like a grasshopper in a fit when he did not did the new step. Laurie and I couldn't stop laughing. Did you hear us? No, but it was very rude. What were you about all this time, hidden away there? Joe told her adventures, and by the time she had finished, they were home with many thanks. They said a good night and crept in hopping to disturb no one, but the instinct their door creaked the two little nightcaps bobbed up and two sleeping but eager voices cried out tell me about the party tell me about the party with what meg called a great want of manners joe had saved the bonbons for the little girls and they soon subsided after hearing the most thrilling events of the evening i declare it really sounds like a fine being a fine young lady to come home with a party in a carriage and sit in my dressing gown with a maid to wait on me said meg so Joan bound up her foot with an arson and brushed her hair. I don't believe the fine young ladies enjoyed themselves a bit more than we do, in spite of our burned hair, old gowns, old one glove apiece, tight slippers to sprain our ankles, and when we were silly enough to wear them. And I think Joe was quite right.